Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. What hope we hold this starlit night. A king is born in Bethlehem, and his name is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel, God incarnate, here to dwell. A good part of that story is recorded for us in Matthew chapter 1. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the prophet that Matthew was talking about is Isaiah. 700 years before Jesus was born, this prophet in Israel named Isaiah wrote about the birth of Christ, a prophetic utterance about the coming Messiah. Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So one of the names or one of the titles that this Messiah would would carry with him throughout his life was the title Emmanuel, which means literally God with us. And so then Matthew takes this verse from Isaiah chapter 7 and he applies it to Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. So Emmanuel is not an abstract notion of God. Emmanuel is not a philosophical uh, concept. Emmanuel is not just a theoretical construct. This is God in the flesh that we're talking about. This is Jesus, the, 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 the one who was born of a virgin. And he was given this title, Emmanuel. God in the flesh, God with us. So there was a very real physical dimension to God with us. In other words, God visited the planet in His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came. He was born uh, into a family. He lived among His creation for 33 years. So Jesus grew up in a family. He, He had a regular, normal family, just like many of us. He had brothers and sisters. And so he knows about sibling rivalry and squabbles at home. (laughs) He gets that. He knows about family dynamics and family dysfunction and family disagreement. 
He's been there. So he understands my family and yours quite well. Because we have a few of those things going on from time to time. Jesus was educated. He was part of a small business enterprise. He was... He had a leadership position, so, so, so he gets all of that. He understands employment and education hassles and, and leadership difficulties. He, he understands where you're coming from and where you live. Jesus can also empathize with the rejected and the betrayed because he's experienced that too. The Bible says, though he was God... He did not consider, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. That means in part that he can fully identify with us. And in turn, we get to identify with him. We serve a Savior who who gets us. He understands us. Emmanuel also implies a relational dimension to God with us. There's a relational side to this aspect of of God being with us in the flesh. My wife and I have uh, three adult children. And somewhere along the way, I picked up the notion that if we just do a really good job for 18 or 20 years... We can launch them well, and we won't have to worry about them anymore. (laughs) I was never more wrong in my whole life. Worry about them. We still worry about them. Not one day passes without some concern, some worry, some anxiety, some apprehension rising when we talk to our kids. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, many of you do. Of course, most of you are older than I am, and so your kids are older than mine, but yeah. Your daughter, right? Just yesterday, she was learning how to ride a bicycle with training wheels, and next week she's getting married. Your son, who only three months ago was playing Little League Baseball, now he's the vice president of finance for an international conglomerate. Where did the time go? But it happens just about that fast. And even though they're, 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 they're 30 and 33 or 43, you never stop worrying about your kids, do you? When they call for help, even now, you, you, you drop what you can and you, you, you go to them and you, you help them and you do what you've got to do because you're a parent, And that's how God has wired us up. We do what we got to do when we got to do it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's just what we do. Interesting. Because when you turn to the Bible and you start reading about God our Father, you discover that He does the same thing over and over again. He does whatever he has to do to bring his kids home and keep them safe. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, interesting verse. God has said, never will I leave you. 
Never will I forsake you. Since the day you were born, since the moment you drew your first breath, He has loved you and cared about you. There's a, you see, there's an interactive, dynamic, personal, relational side to Emmanuel. He's not just way out there. He's right here with us. Does that make sense? Emmanuel also implies that there's an eternal dimension to God with us. The Bible says that God's love is an everlasting love. Psalm 103 Verse 17 says, The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I think that's a long time. I don't know that that can actually be measured, but it just sounds like a very, very long time. The Bible tells us that God has made each and every one of us with a a purpose and a a plan. there's There's a beautiful, wonderful plan and design that God has for each of our lives. But life just doesn't work the way it's supposed to when we determine that we're going to do it our way. Frank Sinatra, step aside. I'm going to do it my way. And whenever we approach life like that, it's the Bible calls it sin. It's selfishness that's right at the very center of that statement. I will do it my way, in my time, when I want, if I feel like it. That's sin. The Bible calls that sin. And the Bible also says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So none of us are exempt. (laughs) Everybody comes from the same place. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, And sin itself always leads to a place of brokenness. Broken lives, broken relationships, broken systems. It leads to brokenness of one kind or another, always. But at the same time, when we experience that brokenness, there is a, there's also an innate desire, a longing within us to, to, to be rid of that, to, to find a way out, to find an escape, to, 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 to find somebody who can help us get out of all this brokenness. We need some good news. We, we realize that we need a remedy, that we need to be rescued, and we, we're doing a terrible job of rescuing ourselves. And here's the good news. comes right from the Bible. John 3.16. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever, whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus came to rescue us. He came to set us free. He came to give us hope. He came to say to those who are grieving, even at Christmas, over the loss of loved ones, I get you, and I got this, and I'm going to get you through it. Jesus came to rescue us from all of our stuff, all of our brokenness, He he took our sin and our shame with Him to the cross. He paid our penalty for sin when He died on the cross. And then when Jesus was raised from the dead, He provided the only way 
for us to have a renewed and restored relationship with God the Father. See, and, and, and you thought Christmas was just a good excuse for a nice manger scene on the front of your Christmas cards. It's way more than that. We sang about it just a moment ago. The Son of God, here born to bleed, a crown of thorns would pierce his brow, and we beheld this offering. Exalted now, the King of Kings, praise God for the hallowed manger ground. The Son of God, here born to bleed. So it's not just about the the child. It's not just about the manger. It's not just about the magi coming from the east. It's about this Savior, this, this Messiah, who came born of a virgin, lived a perfect life without sin, went to the cross and paid the penalty for my sin and yours, was buried, and on the third day rose from the grave alive. That's the entire Christmas story. And that's the good news that he brings. But simply hearing the good news is not enough. We hear good stories all the time. This story doesn't stop here. Simply hearing the good news is not enough. We, we must respond in some way. We need to admit our sinful brokenness <clears throat> Admit the sinful brokenness that's in our lives and stop trusting in ourselves to fix it. We need to admit that we're broken and reach out to God in faith and receive the gift of eternal life that he offers to us by faith. We don't have the power on our own to escape the brokenness in our lives. I I tried it for many years. I tried to get out of this Brokenness on my own. Didn't work. It doesn't work. It's never worked. It never will work. Because the solution, the only solution that we have, the only rescue that has been given is Jesus. The Son of God here born to bleed. A crown of thorns would pierce his brow. So we need to be rescued. We need to turn from our sin and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means to repent and believe. The Bible says, by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not of your, it's not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So all self-made men have to come to terms with that. There's nothing I can do to earn or deserve my salvation. I'm saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And Romans says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's that's just the simple truth of the simple gospel. When we believe in Jesus... We receive new life through Jesus. And then God turns our lives in a new direction for Jesus. So the Christmas story is really all about Jesus. (laughs) 
And I think there are, there are people here tonight who are ready to say, I, I believe that. I, I've never heard it presented that way. I've never heard somebody talk about it that way, but I believe that. I want to, I want to step into that relationship that you've been talking about with Emmanuel so that I can know for certain that God is with me too. And so today on this Christmas Eve, I, I just want to invite you to meet Jesus. <laughs> I just want to introduce you to Jesus. And, and there's really no good reason for you to wait any longer. You've heard the good story. We, we, we sang about it. Uh, we've been talking about it. I read from the book of Matthew chapter 1 where it talks about the birth of the Savior Jesus. And so some of you are probably ready to say, yes, I want to put my faith in Jesus. Yes. So I'm not asking you to uh, join our church. And we're not asking you to give us your money. We're not suggesting that you become members of the gathering. We're just asking you to come to Jesus. We just want to introduce you to Jesus. The child born of a virgin who eventually walked that long road up Calvary's hill and gave his life so that we could be free and our lives could be infused with hope and joy and stamina and endurance for those days that seem so long and so lonely. That's what Jesus came to do. So I'm going to pray a brief prayer in just a moment, and then we're going to have a couple of other things in our service, and then we're going to let you go. But mostly tonight, I, I'm going to pray on behalf of, of people here who are at that point in their lives where they're saying, yes, that, that makes sense to me. Yes, I, I want to place my faith in Jesus. I, I want to be born again. I want to have my sins forgiven. I want new life in Christ. So I'm going to be praying on, on your behalf, not so that you get more involved in religion, but so that you can start a relationship with Jesus. Remember, we just want to introduce you to Jesus. And I think that's why you're here tonight. So I'm going to pray a brief prayer now. Would you bow with me in prayer? And then we'll go on with our service. Dear Lord Jesus, We declare again this evening that you are Emmanuel, the God who is with us, the God who came to this planet, and you understand us like nobody else does. Thank you for that. You understand what it's like to walk in our shoes. You understand the difficulties of our lives and our families, the place that we work at, and, and you love us curiously, deeply, and consistently. You love us. And we thank you for that. We're glad you love us because we need it. We need to be rescued from our fragmented and shattered and broken lives, Lord. And we need your healing touch today. Heavenly Father, there are bound to be people here in this, in this room, in this worship center tonight, who are ready to trust in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. There may be some here who are ready to repent and believe. And so folks, with your 
eyes still closed and your heads still bowed, can I just ask you a personal question? Are you one of those people? Are you ready to trust in Jesus? If you think you are, why don't you pray along with me here in just a moment and, and transfer your trust from yourself to Jesus. Just saying, I, in doing that, you're, you're saying, I want to start a relationship with Jesus as my Savior. So if that expresses you, the desire of your heart tonight, would you just pray along with me silently while I pray out loud? Dear Heavenly Father, my life is broken. And I recognize that it's broken in different places because of my sin. I need you, Lord. I've never said that before, but I need you, Lord. I believe that Jesus came to live and die and come out of the grave alive to rescue me from my sin. Father, please forgive me. I turn from my selfish ways tonight and I put my faith in Jesus Christ alone for my salvation. This very moment, I know that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He is the boss of my life now, and I will follow Him. And Father, I pray that You will secure that, that step of faith in the hearts and lives of everyone here tonight, who dared to pray that prayer of faith and help them to tell somebody, give them courage to tell somebody that they too have decided to follow Jesus. In His name we pray with thanksgiving and praise. Amen. Amen.